0: Hey guys, Jack here. Welcome back to Just Hands. A very exciting announcement today. I'm bringing on a new coach to the Just Hands roster. Uh, He happens to also be our guest today, John Metz. John is a pro based in the D.C. area. Uh, He's one of my oldest friends in poker. Uh, Really one of my oldest friends, but certainly my oldest friend in poker. And he's a fantastic player. Uh, You'll hear that in this episode and the other episodes he's done. I wanted to bring on another coach for a few reasons. One, I've become busier. My duties with Software Y and I already have a number of private students and I have people who reach out to me who maybe I'm a little too busy or uh, my price point is a little too high. And I think bringing on John is going to be a great way to get more high quality just hands coaching out in the mix. John is a fantastic player with both GTO principles and who also has the exploitative know-how to thrive in the live environment. So... If you're considering coaching, uh, I highly recommend checking out Coaching with John. You can learn about John and myself and our coaching philosophy at justhandspoker.com slash coaching. There's a link to that in the show notes. So definitely check that out. And thanks to John uh, for being on the podcast so many times and for joining me, coming on board, and doing some coaching through Just Hands. As always, we are brought to you by Solve for Why. If you're considering coaching at an extremely high level, I recommend checking out the solve y Academy. That is a three-day training event that takes place a few times a year in Las Vegas at the solve y Academy offices. The next Cash Academy is going to be May 20th through May 22nd, and the next Tournament Academy is going to be May 24th through May 26th. Uh, so if you're going to play any World Series events, definitely would be worth investigating the MTT Academy I'll be at both of those, and so will the other Software Y faculty members, Matt Berkey, Christian Soto, and Matt Hunt. Uh, so, hope to see you some of you guys there. If you're interested in signing up for the Academy, remember to use discount code JUSTHANDS2019, and um, that'll get you 5% off. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome back to Just Hands. I'm here joined by my personal favorite guest... Jonathan Metz. Jonathan, how are you doing?
1: Why are you calling me Jonathan, man? It's so, so formal. You never, you never call me by my full name. I'm, I'm doing well, man. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm doing great. I don't really know I'm calling Jonathan. I think it's probably because I'm looking at Jonathan on Skype. Um, I see. That's totally so it. So I'm just yeah. reading it. But yeah, this is John Metz. John Metz. Welcome. Thank you. It's good to be back. John is, uh, not only one of my oldest friends, but I think he's also a fantastic player who you guys know and have heard on the show. He's a professional based in Washington, D.C., playing at MGM, and he's also the newest member of the Just Hands coaching team. I am becoming a little bit booked with coaching, and I thought that it made all the sense in the world to bring John into the fold and have some of you guys who are looking for coaching, especially coaching at like the 2-5 and five-ten levels, to get some input some coaching from John. Uh, John is a full-time pro, you know, making cash hand over fist at the MGM. And he's prepared to part with that knowledge for, you know, I think a very, very fair price. So we'll talk a little bit more about John and that stuff after we talk about a hand, but John, welcome aboard. And we're, are, I'm happy to have you. And I think anyone who ends up enlisting your services will be very glad that you're here as well.
1: Yeah, man, I'm excited too. Um, been wanting to get into coaching, uh, for a while now, and I'm finally, or I finally, like, whatever, reached a point where I'm confident enough in my game, uh, where I feel like I can provide people with some, some, some poker knowledge, and uh, yeah, help help people get better. So it'll be fun.
0: Anyway, let's uh, <laughs> let's have you demonstrate some of that knowledge, and let's talk about a uh, a hand.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was at a two-five game. Uh, at National Harbor MGM. I'll just start with the description. Of, it's a multi-way, multi-way pot, so I'll just give a quick description of both villains. Villain 1 uh, is a South American professional, probably Argentinian, but there's there's a couple different crews of these foreign kids who, who come uh, and travel around the U.S. Uh, and kind of just come and go. And I'm, I'm not sure exactly where this where this fellow happened to be from, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's an Argentine. My read on him is that he's got an above-average understanding of, like, theory. Like, he plays pretty well. Probably comes from an online background uh, and definitely has studied a lot. He's one of the few regulars in the pool who I, <laughs> uh, you know, have some actual respect for. He probably plays, like, a little bit too tight preflop, at least, like, for live 2-5. I, I mean, I just think you can get away... You know, giving up a little bit of a preflop edge just because people play so poorly post, uh, and I'm not sure he's adjusting quite, you know, optimally. But uh, he generally plays pretty well, and I imagine he perceives me similarly. But it's possible he just sort of groups me with the other like American knit peddler grinder types. I don't, I don't really know. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And he's under the gun one in his hand. The second villain is in the big bind, and he's an unknown, probably late 20s, early 30s, Middle Eastern uh, recreational player. Uh, he bought in for 800 and has been pretty quiet in his few orbits at the table. He like stacked a short, uh, a short stack with aces, so he's up to about 900. But no real reads on him other than uh, he, he seems to like, handle his chips well. Like he does look like he's like, you know, has some poker experience, but I've never seen the guy before and he only bought in for 800. So I'm going to go with him being some sort of rec player, probably leaning towards the more serious side of the spectrum. And yeah, the South American and I each have one K to start the hand. So onward or is there anything else? Remind me what, what position you were in? I'm in the hijack holding a 9 of spades. And the Argentinian was in the cutoff? He's in the he's under the gun one and he opened ah, you know, right. to start okay. the hand he to start the hand he opens to twenty. Alright. Three ways uh, of the flop. Yeah. Well so do you want to talk about pre flop at all? I don't I, like, nine I suited? think Yeah, I think calling is like pretty standard. Um I'm not like I'm just not three bagging under the or I don't want to isolate this guy too wide, like anyways, because, like he's probably the best player at the table besides me and he's also open. i mean he's opening from under the gun ones which is just like pretty tight narrow range uh i'd prefer to like three bet with like wheel aces i think three betting this like a small frequency could be like okay and even like playing like a you know online or in a particularly like a five tough 510 game or even you know if i just thought like i was gonna get squeezed behind Mm -hmm. like a lot i think folding could be like okay but uh in the standard live 2-5 game, I think I think calling is pretty... is the way to go.
0: Yeah, I agree. For, for basically the same reasons. I think that there's a pretty big difference between ace-9 suited and ace-10 suited here in terms of, like, three-betting is part of, like, a merged value range. I think that's a more appropriate play that I still probably wouldn't do against a better player from early position. But yeah, I think ace-9 suited just falls pretty squarely in the calling range, if not in the folding range, but I think, given what you said about game conditions... Uh, being very unlikely to face three bets relative to what you should, and also just as a function of flatting an early position open. Yeah, I think this is a very strong call. Cool.
1: So yeah, and then it folds to the Middle Eastern guy, the big blind, and he completes. uh So we see the flop three ways, and the flop, and we get uh, ace of clubs, ten of spades, nine of clubs, big blind checks, and the South American pro bets 40. I'd expect him to be betting most Ace Queen Plus. He probably would check some strong hands like top set and maybe Ace Queen Ace or Ace King Ace Queen with a club at some frequency. He he also could bet like for value with hands as weak as Ace Jack, but I imagine that gets checked at least some of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he's bluffing with you know Queen Jack suited, King Jack suited, possibly some King Queen. Some of these are just flush draws.
0: Some of these Argentinian guys are known to limp, right? Uh. Or no, not as much in cash.
1: Yeah, not, not so much in cash. I think, I mean, at least, not, not this guy in particular. The, right. the ones who do limp, I think, like, are, pre- I mean, don't have, like, a very well developed, uh, or a very well balanced limping range. Like, they're pretty much just limping, you know. This that makes sense to link like small pocket pairs and suited aces and I don't know what else. Maybe some middling suited connectors, but, uh. Yeah,
0: I'm yeah. just, I'm trying to gauge like how much ace eight and lower is here and we'll bet.
1: I'd yeah. imagine he has probably all, he's probably opening all suited aces. Yeah, um, I would think so. Yeah. And I, think- I w- but, but I wouldn't ex, I, I mean, ace eight is getting thin. I think betting, uh, three ways on like, this dynamic of a board. But I think it's like I mean, it's possible, for sure.
0: I think there's some there's some denial benefits though. Like you it puts you in a tough position with like your Jack tens, Queen tens, those types of hands. And there's still plenty of value to to be had. One of the players is out of position, and so he can pop control on a later street if he wants. I agree that a lot of that's gonna check. And I think that actually I think players tend to Players of this description, I would say overcheck. Like they de- they default to checking too often.
1: They're they're very or this is a guy yeah. A lot of these guys are very concerned with, you know, protecting their ranges and uh yeah, I, I I like that read.
0: Yeah, I don't and I don't think that you have like such a significant raising range that there's much of a need for that. Like I don't think you would raise ten nine. I'm not sure you're gonna raise ace nine. I think there's a reasonable case for not raising ace nine, but uh uh-huh. I think it's a very close hand. So On these advantage types that. of boards, I just don't think you face that much resistance through raises. I think people are afraid to send me
1: bluff. Yeah, that's... No, that makes sense. I think that's... Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, I think it's a pretty close spot. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're we're, we're raising or calling. Let me give... Let me make a case for calling, because that's what I did. Uh, and we could talk about benefits for... Maybe you can give the benefits for raising. Or make a case for raising. But, uh, yeah... Some merits to calling, one is deception, one is, or we also uh, protect a range on future streets, like when the board runs out blank, blank, it's nice to have some hands that are very happily stacking off. This is also like a somewhat dynamic board, any club, king, queen, jack, 10, and possibly, possibly six if this guy has seven, eight suited in his range, which he may, I don't really know. Yeah, any of those cards change the board somewhat drastically. So if we start inflating the pot now, it can make it more difficult to play on future streets. Which I don't, I don't love like using that as an argument. But uh, we also keep villain two in the pot uh, with mediocre holdings, and then getting three bet on this board, even though that's like pretty rare, it really sucks. I just don't like. We're just not doing that well against a three betting range here like it's going to be made up of mostly sets and combo draws all of which i mean either have us crushed or uh, he'll also have ace 10 there uh but yeah those hands have us crushed or his combo draws obviously have like a ton of equity against us additionally yeah this isn't a board where aSI side boards i don't i mean we definitely don't have range advantage here so in theory like it's not a board we want to be raising like all that often and then Yeah, this specific combo of Ace-9, I think, makes a better slow play than, like, Ace-9 of Diamonds or Ace-9 of Hearts would, just because we need slightly less protection. You know, we don't fear running spades. We also, like, have, whatever, probably a tiny bit of, like, implied odds when running spades come against, you know, if either villain holds a hand, like, King-Queen or Queen-Jack of Spades. King-Jack of Spades. Yeah. that's That's the case for, for Calling.
0: I think it's a very good case. I think it's um, these these spots are hard because the cases for both sound good because we have a good hand.
1: Obviously, we can't go wrong, or we can't go too wrong raising here. We have a, you know, we have two are strong, but
0: yeah, we have two go. very plus EV options, and so determining which is higher EV is challenging. But I mm-hmm. I actually agree with you. I think I think there's a stronger case for calling. I think our, an initial insight, which isn't like any kind of proof, but I think an initial insight is like, we have a hand that hates getting three bet, but can call down extremely often. And I, I think what that shows us is that our opponent has a range of hands that can, our opponent's going to be raising at a reasonable frequency and can include a decent amount of buffs and still force us to probably just fold on the flop a lot facing a three bet, Mm -hmm. where we induce a lot of bluffs playing through a call. Like, I think what's a misconception sometimes, or like, people don't, they don't see the connection, is that the reason we want to have hands to protect our range isn't for some sort of like, isolated noble goal of just like protection. It's that our opponent will bluff. And so if we keep our opponent's range wide, we get to call down when our opponent's bluffing. We also get to get away sometimes when, you know, the board runs out really poorly, which is a good thing. Even though maybe it feels like we should have gotten more value from hands like clubs. Like We want to raise to like get value from clubs that are going to play through a call. And that's true. But if we play through a call and then the turn comes a club, if we weren't getting very many clubs... Especially clubs that open under the gun, especially on Ace Ten Nine, to just fold. They're mostly yeah, going to poss- either it's respond. It's possible
1: we're just. It's possible we're literally getting none to fold. Like if he doesn't have, um, you know, this like middling suited connectors, like eight, eight not, or yeah, six, or five, seven, eight. maybe six, yeah. five folds. Even, even that, even that, like, yeah, I just don't even know. If, I would guess he's not opening this low six, five, but yeah, seven, I think, eight. I think is possible.
0: I do think we get some hands like seven, eight. To fold, gut shots to fold, and there's utility to that, or there's even yeah, yeah,
1: for, for sure, there's a lot of gut shots. Yeah, that, I I do agree with that.
0: But I think an an underrated reason to call here is your ability to induce calling mistakes from the player in the big blind. I think a a lot of Asex just flicks in this money, drawing extremely thin against you, yep. where it almost all folds if you raise, mm-hmm. and so inducing that mistake with. A reasonable portion of that player's range is really strong.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, for sure.
0: And so, yeah, I think that, I think our hand just serves us better as a call. We need some protection, but we don't really get it. And we get bluffed into a lot here because a lot of our range just can't really call down as easily. Being able to beat some value is really nice. Unblocking bluffs. Like when we have ace, jack, ace, queen, even ace, king here, mm-hmm. we're blocking some of our opponent's bluffs. And so having ace nine unblocks Plus, which is really useful. So yeah, I, I really like the call here. And I think this is a spot that, that gets overplayed. Um,
1: and 100%, I think it's, yeah, yeah.
0: I think people also don't appreciate the difference between ace 10 nine and ace nine eight or ace eight seven. I think you have a much more defensible raise with like ace seven on ace eight seven, then ace nine on ace ten nine. Just because so many, our opponent's bluffs just have so much more equity on ace yeah, ten right. nine. And so that, also our opponents have more like ace kicker that probably bets on ace eight seven. Like it would be surprising to see our opponent bet like ace nine. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. On that board where it would be a little bit more surprising to see our opponent bet like ace eight here. Although I think mm-hmm. it maybe should. But yeah, for, for all these reasons that we've listed, um, I think I think calling is pretty clearly best. So yeah. I am I'm, I'm a big fan. Cool. Yeah, I
1: like all that. Awesome. Okay, so we call and the big blind calls as well. Uh yeah, there it's you hard go. to say like yeah, yeah. We made the right play. Not to be results oriented, but um yeah. So yeah, he probably has like big blind I mean it's hard to say exactly what his range looks like looks like, but he probably has maybe all A Yeah, and then just some combination of flush draws and straight draws but like i don't, I don't think he's i don't think this guy's peeling ever peeling with like you know a tent or anything what about like? We, like
0: king jack no club
1: it's possible but i'd be a little surprised it's I, we definitely can't rule it out his range his range is definitely like wide and you know by far the weakest of the three yeah i think king jack with a club is like getting peeled almost for sure or more often than not at least
0: Remind but, me of sizing again. It was 45 into 60.
1: It was 40 into what? Like, yeah, about 60. I think like our... Yeah, 55 rake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: another just note about playing through a call here is like when our opponent checks to us on the turn, it's going to take... It takes work to like get stacks in. But in position, I think that... um. We're in, we, we miss out less on value than when we're out of position. So I still think we should probably, like, if we were in the small mind or something, then yeah, I still right. think we be the- Our ability to never let turns go by for free is really nice here. Yeah. Um, like when our opponents give up, we can deny equity. When our opponent checks for power control, we can get value. Yeah. That's, and our opponent will check to check raise us sometimes with strong hands, but those hands would have bet in position anyway. Yeah. All right. So onto the turn.
1: Cool. Yeah. The turn with like, we got one seventy-five in the pot. Now is the three of clubs. So the flush comes in the big blind checks. Uh, and the South American pro checks. What was the card again? Which club? The three of clubs. Yeah. Three of clubs. Hey, give me your thoughts. Okay. So obviously not, An ideal, like, not the best turn card. Uh, The big blind can have a ton of flushes here. That said, I don't think it's actually, like, a huge concern. Like, if we bet and get check-raised by him, we're pretty happily folding. The South American pro, I, like... I mean, I don't want to say he's capped, because, like, these guys are good, and they, they do... Like, range protection is, you know, a consideration they make, but... I just, I don't think like in practice people are protected here. Like, I wouldn't expect the South American pro to have very many, if any, flushes, uh, especially with the, mostly just like with this big bind in here. Like, I think like exploitively he's just going to like bet for value with all his flushes, especially his like nutted ones or whatever, second nutted ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah.
0: I think that's a great point. I actually think you're more likely to get bluff raised here by that player. Value by the based. South
1: American pro. By the
0: South American yeah. pro. I think people oh, yeah, can I level themselves into like, looking down at King Queen with like the king with of the clubs. Club. Yeah. And yeah. saying like, fuck this guy. Like, I have the nut blocker. Like, let's go for it. So I think you're, yeah, it's an induction bet, if anything, against a raise from that player.
1: I mean, we're obviously not loving life if we get raised by him, but yeah, I do think we would have a continue. Also worth noting, like, he, may just continue betting with King of Clubs, Queen. So, like, that's not, it's not, I mean, yeah, it's I not like it's, we're always getting check-raised by, like, it's not like he has this huge, like, range of hands with the King or Queen of Clubs that, like, is just going to, like, be able to relentlessly check-raise us and, like, put us in a tough spot. Yeah, no, I turn. agree.
0: I think a lot of that will continue. Although, I think there could be some give-ups that change their mind, or... Of course, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, So so... I do think we have a bet here just mostly for, I mean, I think we can get value from either player. I mean, mostly the big, we're, we're mostly targeting the big one at this point, but I think we can get value from either players, ACE of or ACE X with a club. We also benefit quite a bit from denying equity against hands with a single club in them and straight draws. That said, like, I don't feel super, I mean, I'm not, I don't, feel super strongly about this being a bet. Like I think checking is reasonable.
0: Yeah, I mean you know, I well no, I think I like betting. Okay. It's it's a really tough spot for the Argentine when he has hands like Ace King, Ace Queen, Ace Jack. Now I'll throw mm. out that like these hands well first of all, some of them will have a club and we can get value from those hands. Um yeah. which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Some of them won't have a club and they might fold, which I think would be like a reasonably strong play. They might call also. When they fold, it's not what we want, but it's not a disaster. Those hands do have, uh, six outs and our opponent basically always wins when those outs come. So getting our opponent to fold that equity is useful. So yeah, I, I think like we do deny, although I don't think we deny from that many. Hands that have a club, just based on the fact that most hands the big blind has that have a club that call, I think are likely to continue. Or just same with both players. I think that the hands they have that have a club are fairly likely to continue, um, Mm. based on how betting ranges narrow on the flop. Like, I mean, maybe our opponent would just like check fold like King Jack with a club, or Queen Jack with like the Queen clubs. I'm not. I wouldn't rule that out. But I think those hands. We'll often find some way to continue, but we're relatively indifferent to like what those hands do anyway. Um, especially since we're not, we're only going to fold to the big blind who I think is going to be very face up here. So since we're going to be bet calling versus the Argentine or even bet three betting, I think it's reasonable.
1: Oh, really? I, that just seems, I mean, just like for, it's, uh, it's almost like bet three betting, like specifically for denial. Cause like he'll, if he ever like, can we, have a flush here, he'll just like play super well against... Yeah, but you were,
0: you're already going to lose everything to the flush unless like the flush gets there.
1: Well, yeah, but like then we're but I think kinda, against, like, reverse free-rolling ourselves.
0: Well, I think since we expected our opponent to be bluffing in the first place, and our opponent has bluffs that have relatively high equity, most of our opponent's we bluffs do? are okay. going to have 13 outs.
1: Yeah, okay, so, so you just think denying against that is... Yeah, I mean, I understand your, your we have to. Um, we have to be
0: very... Certain that our opponent is going to be following through. Yeah, it for depends a little bit it. on sizing, but
1: yeah, yeah. I think there's a case for just bet three betting. It'd be interesting. Unfortunately, we don't like.
0: And we, we have don't equity when we're that thing. part of the.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Which is nice. Yeah, that makes sense. We don't make it down that branch of the game tree, unfortunately. But um, yeah, cool to talk about regardless. Did you bet? Um. Uh, yeah. So I bet a hundred into one seventy-five. Do you have any criticisms on that, or what do you think of that sizing? I guess
0: I like it I think it's like a little exploitable, but I think that we're gonna like counter exploit the exploit because I think yeah. it's it's a little capped, but that's gonna serve us against the Argentine.
1: you think it's a little capped really a hundred into hundred okay i I, don't, yeah, I, I think it's like capped
0: first. just because I think when you have a stronger flush, I think you're gonna go for a just gonna, like bet
1: yeah. bigger yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's that might be true. I don't want to get too into my whatever. Yeah, I may be wrong. Exploits, but yeah. So, yeah, we go with 100. And Big Blind Tanks for, like, a not, not, not like, an insanely long time, but probably 20 or 30 seconds. It, it felt, like, a little long for, like, a $100 turn bet in the South American Folds. So, I think, well, I, I mean, just, like, Based on the line the big blind's taken so far, uh, combinatorics, and this this tank, I think we can basically rule out hands like two pair and uh, sets from the big blind's range. Like I think, I mean, one I just don't think. Oh, so the big blind out.
0: called quickly.
1: No, 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 he tank called.
0: Yeah, and then the Argentine folded right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we want to rule out.
1: Basically, I think the big blind's range is almost exclusively, like, flushes that were, like, considering check-raising. Like, he looked like, like, the, the, my intuition or live read or whatever was, like, did this guy, like, had an actual decision to make on the turn. So I would think he's either considering check-raising or check-folding. So if he's considering check-raising, like, he probably has a flush. If he's considering check-folding, he probably has, like, a sex maybe a sex with a club. Do you think
0: he um, ever has hands, like, king of clubs, jack, king of clubs, queen, like, that like gut shot flush draw?
1: Uh, I think that's possible. Yeah. But uh yeah, like on, for, for, for whatever reason, like this guy, I don't know if I said this too, I definitely wrote it down in my description, but he'd been like pretty quiet. You know, I, again, he had like only been at the table for maybe two and a half or three orbits. Um, but the, I, I just, I'd be like a little surprised if he just continues with, uh, at least like, I'd be surprised if he continues through a call with, can't clubs X or whatever. How come? Um, you think you would raise or I fold? Think you ra- I think you would just raise or fold. Yeah, I mean, hmm. maybe I'm like projecting a little
0: bit. Uh, yeah, I but, think like getting this price. I think a lot of players are thinking more just in terms of like, do I have the odds and like, do I want to call?
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely. Po- it's I'm not ruling it out completely, but I think we should discount them a little bit. But no, that's like fair. Yeah, I guess if this player
0: has proven to be not very loose, then I do think we should discount hands like queen jack with like the jack of clubs, which I think is a hand that like loose players here will agonize about and then like flick in a call. Where a tighter player, I think is less likely to do that and I do think a a tighter player would consider like call fold with hands like king jack or king queen with like the king of clubs, even though those hands probably should raise. I do think that's something that happens.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, so onto the river then? Or
0: yeah, no, I think onto the river.
1: Okay, so three seventy five in the pot and we get the beautiful ten of diamonds. So that counterfeits our two pair. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. For the listeners or whatever. Uh the big blind checks. I've gone first on every street, so you go first. We've got about seven sixty in the stack in the stack here.
0: I mean I'm personally not super compelled to bluff here but we do have i don't think we rep that much when we it's weird so we're thinking like chop block i guess is is the idea
1: chop block or i mean this guy can have ace jack east queen even maybe even ace king probably, he's more like, I mean, more likely to have the combos with a club in them, of which I think there are not, a, like, a ton. What, like, six? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, he he's, he has ace sex it beats us. Yeah, I think Shove is reasonable. He also just, like, has flushes that, like, are they, I mean, are, is, is a flush really just gonna, like, I mean, is, like, a me- small to medium flush gonna stack off to, like, 2x pot here? Maybe I not. Kind of, yeah, I didn't think so. I think you're... in the moment it's weird because there's I also just like it's also just like he i mean he can just never he's just okay he just can't have a full house i'm not saying we have like a ton of full houses here but we have certainly more than he does
0: well i mean he could have 10 9 like it's not
1: we block it which yeah. is useful um yeah there's i think there's only one combo of it and even that like with so yeah like that was sort of going back like i started talking about this also the 10 is not I a just, club, right? The ten is a spade, yeah. So spade there's, and a diamond, so there's. So he uh, could. Have, oh, so there's no, there's. No, well, he could have 10-9 off, I guess, yeah. Also, he has a number of like flushes that have a ten. Yes. Yes. Which, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, no those hands should call. Of course. In th- I mean, yeah, but I don't think this guy's like thinking like that. Like this I guy's. But... There, there. He's like more like. Like he's just gonna call with his strongest flushes, maybe. Like it wouldn't shock me if like a shove here just like gets him to fold his entire range. Well, then I guess like, at least that's how I, that's how I felt in the moment.
0: I'm coming around to that idea. I think shoving is probably best. I'm not sure if he folds his entire range.
1: Like um, yeah, maybe may, maybe not king and like maybe not like his strongest flushes.
0: It's one of it's one of these spots where I think like I think there's a case for check because I think that you win the pot a reasonable amount here
1: after okay. checking, but. That's true, like, if he gets here with as many, um, like, whatever, the, the 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 draws that missed. Um, yeah, I guess... If he gets here with a lot of those, like, yeah. Even but some of those not, are, like, like, a
0: club and a 10, which kind of sucks. Like, if he has, like, jack 10 with, like, the jack of clubs or something.
1: I, yeah, I, I'd be pretty surprised if he... Like, I just think that gets folded on the flop, but maybe that exact hand. Like, that would kind of make sense, you know, having three to a straight, three to a flush in the middle pair, but... I wouldn't check, though.
0: I think... I actually think your decision here is more like, I think we've, we can rule out reasonably based on this guy's behavior across two and a half orbits that he's not extremely loose. Definitely not. And so, it's a question of like, is he a big folder or like kind of a folder? And if, if he's a big folder, then I think we wanna just shove. And if he's kind of a folder, then I think we wanna bit like pop. If there's, just give us, if we can't just get flushes to, better- to fold, then, like, there's no reason to shove for 2x Pop.
1: Okay. So I think Yeah, that, yeah, I like that. It's just, like, so hard. I mean, that's just, like... It's an impossible question to answer, you know? Or at least, yeah. Like, in-game.
0: Yeah. There's also the idea that, like... Like, does he just tank like this with an ace? And then call? I think that's something that maybe we've under-discussed. And that... It just doesn't seem... It's a bad play... <laughs> They just calling here with like, uh, you know, ace with, with an ace, with like no club, random ace, yeah, yeah, but it, it could happen.
1: Yeah, it could definitely happen. It's so last like, two fives, man.
0: But of like, what are the hands? I think it's just like a slightly stronger range that like tanks here. Like, if you think it's mostly like ace x that tanks here and calls, then I think you have a pretty clear bet. If it's mostly like stronger hands that tank here, then I think it gets just a lot more dangerous. Cause you get into the ten nine zone more. And you... I just
1: don't see. I just don't think like I think ten nine. Again, I don't think I've articulated this point like that well. But with the tank on the turn, I, I just think like those hands like get like called pretty quickly. They're just kind of like they're just like, like it's just like well, I mean it's like my hand like way too strong to you know check or way too weak to check raise now too strong to fold. So it's like the thing is yeah.
0: We have the same guy, and I, I think that it's, it's very plausible, but I just want to mm-hmm. highlight that we have the same guy who's like you're pretty sure he's going to fold like a low flush here, but he also, like, would have just, like, really quickly called ten nine on the turn.
1: I'm not saying, like, real, I guess not, yeah, okay. I, I understand. Like, yeah, there might be some, uh, whatever inconsistencies with, with my reads, but, uh... It's not, they're not inconsistent in the sense
0: that, like, they're impossible together. I just think that, like, if we can sort of put him somewhere on like the tight to loose spectrum and like, as players get tighter, like certain behaviors become less and less likely. Then I think there's like, it becomes a little bit hard for this person to be like exactly what we think he is. But I still agree with you that like, he's probably just folding enough. And we also have a good bluff candidate.
1: Um, Yeah. Right. So our blockers are pretty cool. Even though, I mean, again, I don't know. Our blockers aren't honestly like that relevant since like we think he like, Basically, never gets here with ace ten or pocket nines. But well, I think he gets here with ten nine bit. though, and
0: that, so I think blocking.
1: Okay, yeah, ten nine for sure.
0: Yeah, is is useful.
1: So, yeah, I ended up. Should uh, sure I re- do the big reveal? Do the big reveal. Yeah, I went for it. I did the one for it all. One for the home run, two x pot. Yeah, I ripped it in, and he tanked for. A very very long time, and uh, eventually flipped it in and won with the queen jack of clubs. Yeah, which like I mean I'm not that shocked he didn't fold that hand, but I felt sort of uh, whatever relieved like by his by his tank with with one of his strongest flushes. Like I do think we we only need to get him to fold like two thirds the time. And, yeah, I think this is, like, I think we kind of got a little bit unlucky to catch him towards the top of his range. Like, even though, like, like we were talking about, like, I think a 10x of club's hand, like, makes more sense in theory as a call. I don't think this guy's thinking that way. And, like, he probably just kind of got stubborn, like, almost entitled. Like, he had, whatever, the second nuts on the turn. And, like, yeah, it's... this kid just, like, makes a huge bet into him and he just, like, has to see it kind of thing.
0: Um, well, we need him to fold two-thirds of hands Well, it's, it's kind of a a hard calculation. Our bet will be, our raise will be plus EV if he folds two thirds of the time. And if less than one third of the time he calls with a hand that beats us. But our check has some EV. And that's true.
1: Yeah. I guess you're, you're, yeah. You're 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 giving that check more EV than I than I wasn't in, in game, but I am starting to come around to it. Like I don't think it's impossible that we just like Yeah, I mean he can show up here with some combos of whatever, King of Clubs Jack, Queen of Clubs, Jack.
0: I think there's also like a um, little bit of sophistication to a player who calls Ace Queen or Ace Jack and folds ace Aceiden lower. Wait, sorry, say that again? I think there's a case for this guy to Call ace jack, call ace queen, but fold ace eight and lower.
1: On the, on the turn.
0: Yeah. Although I actually think there's a stronger case for doing the opposite.
1: But why is that just because if you have an ace or if you have a jack through queen, you're blo- or if you have ace jack through ace king, you're blocking some of my bluffs. Exactly.
0: My point only is that like if you think that you have so we're you're you're suspecting that you have little showdown value. Which implies yeah. I think
1: like, the bottom of his range is like ace-jack. Yeah, like when I was thinking just about, I mean, like it wouldn't shock me if he had, you know, if we like chopped some frequency. Like if he had like ace-7 or ace-8 with a club. But yeah, in-game, I was sort of, my assumption was that if I checked back this pot, like I lost of the vast majority of the time. And like, you know, maybe chopped a little bit. But uh, I didn't expect, to, I, I was not. Was not including like King of Clubs. Jack maybe is, or considering it like as big a part of his range as maybe I should have. Um, I think it's there.
0: I also think like you chop with, like whenever he has our bluff becomes a lot better the more he, ha- the more often he has hands like Ace Jack or Ace King, because those are the hands that we benefit the most from folding that fold the most often. Mm-hmm. Like if we're just ranging him on like flushes plus. Then this becomes maybe good, but like much more, uh, just a much more difficult spot. Especially because a lot of his flushes are going to contain a 10. And those hands, I just don't think those hands get folded very often. It just makes so much sense to call when you have a, a queen 10, jack 10, king 10, yeah. 10, 8 uh, of clubs.
1: It is worth, or I, mean, I don't know, it might be worth talking about. Like some of these flushes get check raised. Like at some point, like yeah, for or like sure in the hand. So I think like he probably only gets here with like whatever, maybe like. But here's I, don't here's, know, I have to look at my aqua lab. Here's, so here's what, I, what I was building
0: ahead. to was uh, his most likely ace jack that like through ace king, that calls is when he has the king of clubs or the jack of clubs or the queen of clubs. Sure.
1: But do those yeah, tank? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like yeah, I think like they tank I, less I often. Think you're right. No, I, th- I think that's a great point. So if he's yeah. tanking
0: mostly with like ace, jack, or ace, king with no club, then I think he starts to become relatively likely to just call with like ace low too, which gives your check like a little bit more showdown, or a little bit more showdown value.
1: I see. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's like kind of what I was
0: getting at with like you having yeah, yeah, some like showdown that a lot. value here. I like that a lot.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. But I think the I sub still is like... pretty reasonable. No, I, 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 still, like I still like the play. But it's, yeah, I like it less than I did before we we talked this through. Yeah, I think what I would say is if
0: you can, if you could somehow pick up on the turn that this was more of like a razor call decision than a call or fold decision, which it sounds like this guy's pretty, has a pretty balanced demeanor. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes it's fairly obvious. Yeah, it
1: definitely was not in this case. I mean,
0: to, to anyone who's listening to this, like, that's a really good thing to pay attention to. For sure. Because you get to the spot sure. and you can if you can put them on a capped range, now we have like a really easy bet. Cool. Any other thoughts? Cool. Oh yeah.
1: really, I think that's yeah, that's about it. Thanks for talking to through with me though though, man. Like this was uh this was just fun.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So uh you and I grew up together in Ohio. You were you got started off uh career wise at the Jack Casino in Cleveland now, I guess the Hard Rock, or soon to be the uh, Hard Rock.
1: Wait, what? The Jack is being it, oh yeah, it was is bought. The Jack, oh, has it been. Oh, wow. I, I, okay,
0: cool. I think so. I or someone, I mean, someone definitely sent me an article about it, but you can't trust everything well, you read online. But yeah, I think the Hard Rock bought it. Oh
1: wow, cool! I did not know that. That's probably that's probably a good thing for the poker room.
0: I think it's a good thing. Are, yeah. The Hard Rock runs um, good tournaments in other parts of the country and I also think that uh there's some synergy between the Hard Rock and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that would be good for Cleveland. But anyway, yeah, you yeah. got started at the Jack. I did. And you started out right out of school playing one, two, one, three to build a bankroll. Yep. And mm. now you're in DC playing a mix of two five and five ten, paying much higher rent. Yes, how's the journey been? Really? us a
1: little bit. The journey uh, has been <laughs> a lot of fun, man. Well, mostly a lot of fun. I'd say, I'd say I've loved like whatever ninety percent of it. Um, yeah, I poker really is at least for now. Like, probably just yeah, just a passion. Um, i have been pretty obsessed, basically since I since I moved out here. Like, I, I sort of kicked it into a new gear or a higher gear or whatever, and you know, like any poker player have also like gone through or have gone through lots of ups and downs and the downs obviously like, uh, you know, <laughs> can sting a little bit, but, uh, yeah, overall, I mean, I'm very much loving life. Uh, yeah. Excited to, to keep climbing the poker ladder and, uh, hopefully, hopefully continue to move up in stakes and, uh, refine my game.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm uh you know, I'm proud that our game has produced so much poker talent like you know, I owe you a lot for you know, hosting all those games when we were growing up. Like we had a pretty <laughs> pretty competitive group of friends and we I think somewhat un- unintentionally or without realizing it created a really healthy and productive environment for growing as poker players, you know, from one really wanting to beat each other, but also being really happy and open about sharing knowledge. When we were growing up, John, his brother, uh, who's also professional and I were, or we would play on the same full tilt account buying,
1: dude, you can't put this out to the public. We were, we were colluding. We were, we were probably breaking, like, terms of yeah, we, services.
0: We were. we were definitely a team. Um Our terms and we were, Well, we were playing on the same account, which, like, mm. is against the terms of service. But on the other hand, like, we were, like, a, a couple of high schoolers. Oh, yeah, you know, we
1: were also underage.
0: Yeah. yeah underage, there, buying, like, <laughs> gift cards at the grocery store to deposit on full tilt.
1: Yeah, those were the days, man.
0: Yeah, it was great, but you know, we like we we had a lot of successes and failures together as a team and playing oh, against another. Oh no, one it was another. definitely
1: like, yeah, it was super uh, whatever. It was a great, it was a great way to start out, or just just to learn and grow as players. I mean, just like exchanging thoughts, and it was a fun and productive means of of learning for sure. Um, yeah, I think yeah, wouldn't have had it any other way.
0: I think growing up with you guys was. Really, how I like came to not just love the game, but like love discussing the game. Like, we used to drive like long drives to places where we could play live poker, uh, between the ages of Shout- 18 and 21. Shout out to.
1: Shout out to Soaring Eagle.
0: Yeah, to Soaring yeah. Eagle. <laughs> into some of those rooms in Detroit. And. Yeah. Yeah, those, those car rides were like, you know, six hours long, just like full of hand histories and. Yeah, I remember that, that aspect of it, just being together and talking through things was really in a lot of ways just as fun as the playing. Uh, the playing was more novel at that point. But yeah, I really appreciate all those conversations and I'm really glad to have you as part of the Just Hands team.
1: Happy to be part of it, man. And, and thank you as well. And thank you for like carrying on the whatever, the, the poker talk or the talking about hands on, on the air, giving it to the people, man.
0: Like it's, oh, it's my pleasure, I mean i've yeah, it's I've talked about a lot of hands with Zach, but I think you and I have definitely talked about more hands in our life, so
1: yeah, but it's like some I don't know, some of that was just like like the the early poker talk was just like so much less uh constructive than than you know a lot of the talk like we we've just come a long way as players, so like I feel like that i yeah i, I yeah, think but the, right. the but whole game
0: has come a long way, I remember like.
1: No, that's obviously true. Watching yeah.
0: these like full tilt academy videos, like early on, Oh, was, I remember that. Yeah, like a big way Chris that I was learning. Chris Ferguson.
1: Yeah.
0: You're looking at like Howard Letterer, <laughs> tell me what a that was. Uh Yeah, discourse has has in, improved mm-hmm. for
1: sure. We've come a long way.
0: All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming back on the show, and we'll have you on Be- again at some point soon. If you guys, were, yeah, yeah. If you guys want coaching from John, head to Just Hands dot com slash coaching or use the link in the show notes yeah i'm excited to hear how that goes uh, mm-hmm. i'm sure it'll be all yeah, good things it'll be
1: fun i'm excited too good talking to you man thanks for having me
0: pleasure